Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes of public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the finest service organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a really intriguing guest today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Randy Lee Boslaw. She's one of our friends in Canada. We all, it seems like once or twice a season we get a friend in Canada. They're always so polite. Maybe that's because they're so cold. I don't know. Uh, but we've got another great Canadian guest. She is a mental health advocate, author, uh, host of the Write or Die show, and she's also a personal trainer in kickboxer, which means kick my ass but randy welcome to the show <laughs> hello thanks for having me great to have you you know i, I really want to dig into the the mental health aspect yeah we we had such a great conversation when you were so nice to have me on your show and i i know a lot of our first responders especially our law enforcement are struggling with a few different things so so let's dig into that first especially since if you go to randy lee boslaw's linkedin page which i know you're all gonna do one of the first things in fact the first thing that caught my eye is mental health advocate you, you hear that a lot what what does that really mean to you why are you a mental health advocate it means speaking up when it's a topic people don't want to talk about. That's my short version of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, like such a big part of mental health is that people don't talk about it. Yeah. So the first step in ending the stigma or advocating for it is to talk about it so people know what the heck is going on. Yeah, and that is certainly the case. I, I know from some of my colleagues in in your great country of Canada that it isn't really much different from the United States, that many police officers, firefighters, EMTs, dispatchers, I can go on and on, are struggling with some of the same things that, that we're dealing with here is you have PTSD, PTSI, you're dealing with things that you saw, you're trying to shut them out or or even dealing with some some basic mental health issues that you just don't want to embrace. And that kind of exacerbates the problem, doesn't help. Would you agree? Definitely. Actually, I did an interview the other day and one of the biggest things we talked about was how when I was a teenager and my mom was so focused on my brother who was getting into drugs and her husband at the time who was an alcoholic, I was left out. But my mom couldn't tell that I needed help because I didn't say anything. So I can't be mad at her for not knowing. I pretended like I had it all together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what a lot of our public safety professionals do. They pretend that they have it all together. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's not going to help anybody. It eventually, it's just going to make it worse because there's only so long that you can play this role of happy, cheery, go-to-work person. Yeah. Yeah. What, when did you kind of find out that the pretending that you're okay just didn't really work? Um, so I'm going to say I had to realize it more than once. Got a, got a thick head here. Um, the first time I was at work, I used to work as an employment counselor and 
I was getting phone calls from my child's school. My child had tried to um, kill herself. And yeah, and so we were in and out of the hospital and then it was back to school for one day before the school called and said he was trying to climb out a second story window. And I was like, I just totally broke down. I, I could not function. I went, I, I was teaching CPR at the time actually. So I was like, okay, we're gonna take a 10 minute break everybody. And I went to the bathroom and I just bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And then I pretended, I, you know, put that mask back on and pretended like everything was okay. Splashed some water on my face, walked out the hall. And yeah, apparently my acting manager could tell that I had been crying. Imagine that. <laughs> so he took me, took me aside, talked to me, told him what was going on, started crying again. And I sent me home and that was kind of, and it wasn't the first time I had cried at work, but it was the first time that I couldn't pull myself back together after having a momentary cry. And uh, that was the first time I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't keep this mask on. Um, then I tried again for a while, put it back on, <laughs> even though I knew it wasn't going to work. I tried. And it was only about a year later or so. And again, I was at work because that, that's where you have to wear the mask, right? Is at work. So I was at work again. And I can't remember exactly what happened. But I just, I broke down again. And I think there wasn't a specific reason that day. I think it was just a culmination of so many things that I just, it just all spilled out. And I was thinking about hurting myself and I was like, oh, this, this is not working. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately I've heard stories like this before, um, especially from my law enforcement friends is it doesn't just affect you. you know, that's why you have high rates of divorce and unfortunately domestic violence and a number of things, alcoholism, a number of things that, you know, I wish we didn't have to talk about, but we do, that isn't just isolated to the officer. It ripples through the whole family in, in many cases, whether it's a hereditary genetic thing or an environmental aspect of it. Um, yeah, I, you feel comfortable sharing the, the mental issues or the mental health challenges oh, yeah. that you and your, your son are dealing with and, and oh, I'm literally an open book. Yeah, I know you are, but I figured I would, I figured I'd ask nicely anyway, but yeah, just, <laughs> oh, well, thank just, you, thank just you. tell us what the hell's wrong with you. How about that? I already right, told you so, what was wrong with me. <laughs> well, I don't know everything that's wrong with me. That might be a long list. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's a half hour show, so keep it. <laughs> okay. So my main, my main problem is really depression. Yeah. And I first started dealing with that back when I was 14 is when I can start remembering feeling that way where I just felt completely worthless, like people wouldn't miss me if I was gone, that I should just be gone. Um, so that's a recurring theme in my life and it keeps coming back and coming back and it's a battle every day. And then for my son, he has autism on top of anxiety and depression. So he has anxiety so bad sometimes that he won't leave the house. And uh, it, it's been very tough because of that, especially, you know, trying to get a kid to school. Yeah, good luck. I don't want to leave the house, but let's go <laughs> with 20 other kids. Right. Um, so we've, we've homeschooled before. This year was actually kind of great for him because everything was online, so we didn't have to leave the house. Um, but yeah, it's, those are the two kind of big things in my 
personal life and as a mom life, but like you were talking about how it ripples through a whole family. I have um, addictions that run through my family. And actually, it was a little over a month ago that my brother actually, he died from an overdose. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's, it's affects, it affects everybody. And if you don't talk about it, it yeah. just gets worse. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great point. One that we've covered on this show and one that I've covered on uh, at least one other show. I've had two experts, the most recent one, um, Joe Devlin from, um, and I can't remember the name of his business, but his name is Joe Devlin uh, that talks about, uh, he actually is coming out with a podcast called Family Sobriety Now. And it's all about, it's, it's not just about the individual, it's about treating the whole family. And yeah, I think what you've gone through, which is unfortunate, is speaks to that, that it's not just the individual, that you have to get everybody involved and understanding exactly what you're dealing with so that you can work on it together. Um, did you ever explain to your son, I'm going to use a little gallows humor, which we, we, we love in public oh, safety yeah. world. Did you ever tell your son that if you're going to jump from a second floor window, you're probably just going to hurt yourself and not, and, and not achieve your objective? Yeah, actually, we did have that conversation. Because, I mean, if you're going to, this is horrible, like, since it's a little dark humor. If you're going to yeah. do it, babe, like. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> not boy, that I wanted boy, to do it. Yeah. Boy, boy, are you wrong. <laughs> but just like, because he would have did it. And yeah. then just would have ended up getting really, really hurt. Mm. So, I mean, especially for my kid, I mean, it's a way of him understanding, oh, okay, that really isn't going to help me achieve my objective. Then we can get him to the doctor who can help him not want to achieve that objective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that dark humor sometimes works. We've got it in every AA meeting I've ever gone to. <laughs> I love dark humor. <laughs> you woke up in an alley? That's nothing. I woke up in the police station, so I don't even want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> but getting back in a semi-serious mode, you know, you, you're an expert at a number of things. You're an author, you're a kickboxer, you're a podcast host, sports coach, personal trainer, uh, you know, partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, you, know, you name I, it, I do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it sounds like you're trying to keep yourself busy there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but is how do all of those roles kind of contribute to your mental health? Is it, is it simply staying busy doing something positive and staying in motion? Or do all of those roles kind of fit together like a puzzle that, that supports your mental health? That's a great question. Nobody has ever actually asked me that one. So awesome. There, um, every once in a while, I come up with a great one. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning, I used to always keep busy because I did think, okay, if I just keep busy, then I don't have time to think about how horrible, horrible of a person I am. Um, that doesn't work. <laughs> I, I thought it did. All it did was make me overwhelmed and not be able to finish anything instead of getting everything done. Um, however, being a kickboxer and personal training, those two things, they go together. And the sports coach, those all go together really easily. Like you can see how they go together. Right. Exercise helps our mental health by releasing our happy hormones. So that helps me with my mental health. And actually when I 
when I went off my antidepressants without the doctor knowing. Oh, shame on um, you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed my, my healthcare expert wife would be very ashamed at you because she says that's a bad thing to do without your doctor's permission. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I learned the hard way that you don't do that. Um, not only did I not have doctor's permission, I didn't tell my husband either. So clearly I knew I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I knew what I was doing. I shouldn't have been doing. And yet I just, I still felt compelled to do it. Um, so I went off of them and exercise helped me a lot with, without needing them. However, I couldn't work out four times a day, which is what I needed in order to kind of combat all of those nasty voices that would like to come back in my head. Um, I did go back on them. Don't worry. <laughs> You you seem good today, so yeah, yeah. Now I take it them every night today, so <laughs> exactly. You know, I take them every night. Um, so that does it helps with my mental health, and I have fun doing it, and I get to kind of make my own schedule and stuff. Whereas when I was employment counseling, at first I liked it, but then all of the government back end of what you have to do because it's government funded here in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't agree with a lot of what they want you to do. So that was really hard because then I felt like I wasn't being true to my ethics. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I can kind of get to pick and choose, if I have a client that I'm like, oh, no, we are not clicking, I just don't have to keep them. I can pass them on to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah and exactly. Being an author, writing was always my coping skill, coping mechanism right from when I was younger. So that's that helps a lot. And I love doing that. I was going to be an actor when I was little. So hosting my, my YouTube and podcast, that just kind of matches right in there with, with what I love. So it's all kind of little different aspects of who I actually am. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, the Police Officers Credit Union Association. Coming this October 2021 is the Public Safety Business Summit in Savannah, Georgia, a program specifically created for organizations that serve first responders. What you will experience is a high level of networking and collaboration among like-minded leaders who are in the business of serving first responders. What you won't get are a series of boring lectures with no interactivity, ridiculous golf outings that are only appealing to a few attendees, or a couple of retreaded subjects that you can hear at any credit union league event that are just thrown into the curriculum. We offer an engaging agenda where attendees even help to determine the content during the actual conference based on their unique needs. If you run a business, a credit union, or a nonprofit that specifically serves first responders, then the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. For more information, go to www.policecreditunions.com or call 331-300-9889. We hope to see you in Savannah this fall. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you talk about the, the exercise aspect because I know a lot of my public safety friends will will turn to that. You know, some some of them won't necessarily be all that comfortable with the yeah, we're gonna sit down and I'm gonna talk to somebody about my feelings. You know, for some folks it works. Kumbaya. For some, yeah, for some folks it works. For some folks it's necessary, and some for others, you know, the the exercise is an outlet. 
Um, yeah. and they, and they gravitate to that. I know one of the things that you mentioned that I deal with as well is overwhelm. You know, I, I've got a number of podcasts. I run a couple of businesses. I write for podcast magazines. So overwhelm can come very easy. Yeah, especially when you have a day like I had yesterday where I had a three-hour doctor's appointment and then had a flat tire and spent most of the day at America's Tire. That's always fun when you're not planning it. And then you come up with a day where it's like, okay, not only do I have to do today's stuff, I got to do yesterday's stuff. Right? But but, the way that I tend to deal with the overwhelm is – before, when I would turn to the bottle, you know, instead I say, all right, well, let's, if I can't truly decide what it is that I need to concentrate on and I'm having trouble concentrating on anything, I'll, I'll go and do some physical activity because at least that will clear my mind. And I don't know if it's the same for you. I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but it'll clear my mind for a while where it's like, okay, we won't think about anything. Yes. But but we're still doing something positive. I'm not doing anything for my mental health, but I'm doing something for my physical health, which in turn does something for my mental health because I take a shower, come back, and I'm ready to focus. Do you find that as well? or? Oh, yeah, big time. And it's actually one of the skills that they taught my son when he was in the hospital after he tried to kill himself was doing some kind of intense physical activity yeah. to clear your mind. So it's, it's a skill doctors are teaching to people too, because it, it does work. And a lot of people, so when I interview people, a big one that comes up is meditation. Mm-hmm. I have tried it and I enjoy yoga, but the quiet sit down, do nothing meditation. I just can't do it. I keep trying and I will keep trying, but to quiet my brain is very hard, but active meditation, because there is this thing called active meditation. I want to hear more about that because I got that same yeah. problem. I, I I turn the alarm on. I turn everything off except for, you know, some kind of spa music in the background for 10 minutes. And all it does is I'll, I'll, most of the time my mind just thinks about all the crap that I need to be doing instead of sitting there doing nothing for 10 minutes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so active meditation is doing something physical a lot of people it will just be like a walk um but it could be riding your bike exercise that kind of thing and you're not thinking for whatever reason for certain people like probably you but definitely me um it clears the mind and then you're not thinking about anything in particular you Mm -hmm. are just being in that moment because meditation is about being in the moment and that is one of the hardest things for anybody to do because we're always thinking about what's the next thing or oh crap yesterday I said a joke that didn't land and now everyone hates me um I don't know maybe that's just me (laughs) I've I've never experienced my jokes always land perfectly (laughs) (laughs) that one landed yeah exactly (laughs) so when you're doing that physical activity and your brain just has that chance to go oh okay we're just, we're just going to do this right now here. I can feel your body hitting the ground. I can feel the, the wind in my hair. If you're outside, go ahead of there. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yeah, that, that one landed eventually. It took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> uh, I make those jokes all the time with my husband because, I mean, he shares your same kind of hairstyle. He's got the same. Yeah, he must be a handsome man. <laughs> oh, he is. 
Um, and for me with kickboxing, it's my body is feeling the impact on the bag all the time. So it keeps you in the moment. So that active meditation, I can get down with that. That one's easy. But yeah. Quiet, sit still meditation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep trying it. I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to keep trying because right. the only way to try to ever get better at something is to try. I yeah. just, I'm not going to hold up my breath for the work. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of what a few people have told me is you do you. <laughs> oh my goodness, I said that. Well, I say it all the time, but, yep. and going back to some dark humor here. Um, at my brother's wake and my aunt, I don't know why, but my aunt asked if she could take a picture of him, like dead in the casket. Yeah. And I was some like, people you know do that for some reason. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but whatever. I could barely look at him. It made me cry every time I did. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, you know what? You do you. If that is what you, you do you. And then at the, at the burial, which was actually only like two weeks ago or something, because my mom had him cremated before we actually put him in the ground. Mm. Um, people were asking me something like, you do you. I don't care. You do you. It makes you feel good. You do you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, everybody deals with things different ways. You know, I've known people that actually take pictures of caskets and actually frame it and put it in their home. She doesn't do that. I yeah. And I, it. and I guess, you know, for, for somebody, it, it helps them cope. For, for yeah. others, it just seems a little off, but, you know, you do you. Uh, but but me doing me used to be running, and now oh, okay. with serious back problems over the last oh. five years, I can't run anymore, so. Have <laughs> you tried bike riding? Yeah, you got to try some other things. Bike riding, walking, things of that yeah. nature are certainly out there. Um, but we may have already answered this in talking about exercise and, and physical activity um is is there a linchpin for you i know for some people for instance they do the whole morning routine of a meditation and journaling and maybe some exercise some things and other people you know it's just a first cup of coffee and you know everybody yeah. has kind of their routine and if they don't do it, that linchpin isn't there. They're off for like the whole day. Is there a linchpin for you, whether it be exercise or something um, else per day? Breakfast. Okay. <laughs> the, my, if I don't eat breakfast in the morning, basically it's like I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I eat. <laughs> Nothing else is being I'm not a coffee drinker. So I, this mm. is, I guess the equivalent to somebody going, don't talk to me before I have my coffee. Do not talk to me before I eat my breakfast. So, so no, like deep conversations or you know the philosophical topics. No, leave me alone. The, I'm eating before the sausage McMuffin goes in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm -mm. I want to eat, and like even sometimes, and I love, I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal, and I love having like breakfast for dinner. We have eggs and bacon and stuff. I never eat that for actual breakfast because too much food at breakfast time. But <laughs> going out for breakfast is fun. But the problem for me is, because we're talking about lunch, but the problem for me is when you go out for breakfast, it's now an hour or two after I've woken up. I can't right. go out for breakfast because it will throw off my whole day. So I eat breakfast and then we'll go out for like brunch. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, God God forbid, that we're going to go to brunch today. Don't eat anything when you get yeah. up. <laughs> no, that does not work for me. My mom learned that one. 
<laughs> Got it. Got it. My so. husband actually said to his mom, uh, when we first started dating, he goes, there's three things I know about Randy. She's going to eat breakfast in the morning. She's going to eat lunch at noon and she's going to eat dinner at 530. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yep. mess with that schedule. Oh yeah. So, so if you're on a cruise with your entire family and dinner time is at seven o'clock in the dining room at five thirty. You're going to the buffet or something and grabbing something to yeah. eat because your your body clock is just off. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I have very specific times. My body is like it's food time. Let's go. <laughs> so you're one of those hangry persons. I get very hangry. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Well, we don't want to keep you from lunch, so... Oh, I've already had lunch. All it's right. Cool. for me. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that it's, it's Canada. and Not only Canada, but we're, you're outside of Toronto, so you're on yeah. Eastern time. Um, I am. <laughs> given the unfortunate challenges that you've had to deal with, Coupled with the fortunate ways that you've overcome some of those obstacles, either personally or with your family or particularly with your son, for families that might be watching or listening to this episode that are struggling with something that is mental health related, whether it's addiction, whether it's some type of, of, of mental issue, is there a piece of advice that you could give to, to those families out there? Yes. So my short version, I always have a short and a long version. My short version is talk, right? It's as simple as that. If you don't communicate what you are thinking or feeling, no one else is going to know. That was something that took me a long time to deal with. Even with my husband, I've been with him for 14 years and it's still sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to tell him that I'm feeling upset today because yeah. he's not going to know. I'll pretend like everything's fine. And it's not, it's not that I'm mad at him. It's just, I'm having one of those days. Yeah. So talking is the best one. And then my second one is feel your emotions. So we are taught, especially for men that you don't have emotions. You bottle them down. It's fine. Just push them down. You need to feel them. You don't necessarily need to let them out in a bad way, like I did at work crying, but because I had bottled them down, they exploded in the wrong way. So we need to feel them. And actually, for people that are going through grief, just because it's so recent for yeah. me, um, it took me a, a little while, and I, I mean, I'm still dealing with it, but to really understand what I was feeling, because and for other families who are listening that maybe they've lost somebody due to an addiction or maybe they're not dead yet, but you fear that they will be dead, um, we're allowed to be mad at them. Mm. So that was something that kind of exploded at my brother's burial. <laughs> um, my mom wanted everyone to say goodbye to him. So I let everybody up one by one because I'm, I'm bossy. Um, and said, <laughs> no, no I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bossy. So I brought everyone over. I said, okay, you need to talk to Brandon. That's my brother. You need to talk to Brandon. Don't talk about him because everybody's already done enough talking about. You need to talk to him. All right. I, we didn't necessarily hear everyone. Some people wanted me to stay with them. Some people didn't. So it was my turn. I went over and I leaned down close because I didn't want my mom to hear me. And I started yelling at him. 
I was like, this is not okay. You are not supposed to be dead right now. We're not supposed to be burying you right now. And my godmother walked by. She heard that I was yelling at my brother. And she goes, oh, you're going to yell at the guy now, eh? I go, what? And I stood up and I just let everything out. And I was like, you can't tell me that you're not mad at him. I know you're mad at him, mom, because you're not supposed to bury your child. And I know you're mad at him, my nephew. You shouldn't be burying your dad right now. And he should be doing this. And I just kind of, it's okay if we're mad at him. It doesn't mean that we don't love him, but it means that we love him so much that we're mad at him because we wish he was still here. So feel your emotions, let them out, maybe in a better way than when you're burying someone, Um, but let them (laughs) out and feel them. Yeah, I I love those two tips, talk and feel. Um, Yeah, I I could see it being so valuable for public safety families out there, especially the talk. I've, I've heard this from a lot of police wives uh, where they've said, you know, all right, you don't have to give me every detail. <clears throat> you know, if, if you, if you want to, I'm here, but you know, I do need to know, and this is an actual quote almost. Yeah. I do need to know that you're coming home upset because you had to go to a crash scene and a little girl died. That's the exact same age and looks like our daughter. Yeah, I, yeah. I need I need I need to at least be clued into the fact that you know you're upset about that, and then I'll, and then I can understand and give you whatever you need, whether it's space or talk or what have you, that talking and letting letting your loved one in at least a little bit on what's going yeah. on, um, and then the feel. Yeah, you're you're right. You know, guys are are like that. You know, I that's probably one of of at least uh, a couple of dozen reasons why you know, many times you know, I'd be at the bar at one o'clock in the afternoon is you yeah. know, you're, you're angry about something you don't feel good and you know you're like okay you're screw it I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the bar bring my laptop pretend like it's work but you know it's actually just an excuse to you know have four vodka sodas before dinner so you know, I think that one of the things that, that I learned over the last year or so is to acknowledge that you feel. And sometimes, I don't know if you run into this as well, but sometimes that in and, in and of itself helps in that, you know, I'll realize, so, you know, I'm really angry today. And I'll even ask myself, you know, why in the hell are you so angry? You know, yeah. and, may, and maybe there's a reason yeah, maybe there's like, yeah, I'm angry, I'm stressed about this, da, da, da. and sometimes you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't really know, you know, or, 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 or I had a dream about some crap that happened 40 years ago, and that's why I'm angry, and you're like, all right, you know, I'm so I'm angry, embrace it, and let's move on. Yeah, because you can't move on unless you embrace it, because it's just going to sit there and simmer in the back of your head. Yeah. Yeah, and, and telling yourself you're not angry or not upset when you are just never seems to work. <laughs> no, no, you can't just be like, oh, I'm not that. Oh, I'm not that. Because yeah. eventually you're going to, it's going to come out, and it's usually going to come out at the people you feel most comfortable with, spouses, children, you know, your family, the people you love and you don't want to yell at, but those are the ones that you're comfortable around. So those are the ones that are going to hear it. Yeah. Which is which is why it's so important to treat the family and create that yeah. that family unit. So, 
as we wrap up here, your your wealth of knowledge on on physical wellness and mental wellness, where can people best find you and all of your great stuff, your books, your podcast, and if you know somebody wants to learn kickboxing and happens to be in the Toronto area, where can they find a uh, where can they best find a Randy Lee Boslaw out there? All right, so the best place would be my website, which is rbwriting.ca. <laughs> um, of course, I, I am on Facebook at rbwriting and Instagram at randybwriting. And I'm a TikToker now. So oh, TikTok. You, you, you dove into the TikTok poll. I did. <laughs> um, so I'm TikTok at Writer Die Show, which is the same as the YouTube channel and podcast, Writer Die Show. Write like you're writing something. Yes, not write like your right hand or you're always right, write like you're scribing. Like, like remember, right. remember when we used to actually write with our hands and not on our phones and laptops? What? That's a thing we did? <laughs> it, it, yeah, at one time. Yeah, it was even like cursive and all kinds of stuff. But yes. You Fancy know, writing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Definitely to all of the folks in my audience out there. You know, if you're looking for, you know, a, a real down to earth and fun person to learn from on any of these subjects, check out Randy Lee Boslaw's podcast or YouTube or books, all of that fun stuff. And most important, thanks for joining us today for a little while. Thanks for having me. I always have a blast talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. So do I. It's always so much fun. And it's always so much fun to bring great episodes to all of you. So thank you for watching or listening to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great episode. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.